And now tonight we're going to look at peace. Everybody say peace. Everybody say peace. All right. So Psalms 46, and look with me at verse number 1. This is a very familiar scripture. Probably many of you can quote uh, some of these verses in this scripture. But it says this, God is our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there's a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just as the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. Who has made the desolations in the earth? He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He, he burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The Lord of hosts is with us and the God of Jacob is our refuge. Two or three times in that scripture, the scripture related to the fact that the, the, the Lord is, is, he is God. He is the Lord of hosts who is our refuge. He's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. He gives us the strength that we need in the time of trouble. So we're looking at tonight this word called peace, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, peace. I want you to think about your week up to this point. Right now, how often, you don't have to answer, but I just want you to think in your mind, how often did you enjoy peace this week up to this point? How often did you enjoy peace? What, or did something happen maybe uh, that would give you the peace in your mind or whatever? Maybe when you, when you finally sat down to enjoy a nice glass of tea or whatever, you, you had peace, and then all of a sudden, the phone rings and just shatters your peace that evening. Maybe you come home from a long day of work and you just, you just wanted to, to sit down and let your wife rub your feet. Uh, well, I don't know why I brought that up, but this is Valentine's Day, Karen. But anyway, uh, you sit down and, and, and let your wife do that and, and then you got another call and it just shattered all of these things, you know, and you didn't have that peace. Or, or even though you was able to take a nice walk or whatever to enjoy the, the beauty of nature and all of these things because, and you wanted to enjoy peace, but all these things kept flooding your mind of things you had to do or situations that you was going through or whatever the case may be. And if that's the case, and we can, I can give you scenario after scenario, so how can we say that peace is a fruit that is always in season? If you remember the last couple of weeks, we talked to you about love and joy that is something that can always be in season. Love and joy is not based upon what people do to us. That's not why we have the love, and that's not why we have the joy. It's, it's not because of, of we get these nice phone calls or pats on the back, whatever. It's, it's who we are in relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ and understanding who we are in relationship. So how can we say that peace is a fruit that is always in season? Well, simply because just like any of the other fruit that we're studying, peace is not produced by circumstance. It's not produced by circumstance, but it's by the constant calming presence of the Lord. The Lord told us in his, in his word in, in Psalms 46, I am an ever-present help 
in a time of need. He told us, I am your refuge. I am your strength. And if we trust the word of God, and I hope we do, if we trust the Lord Jesus Christ, and I pray that we do, then we can rest assured no matter what is going on in our situation, no matter what is going on in our life, we know, Sister Laura, that God is an ever-present help in a time of need. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is our refuge, Brother Adam. He is our strength. Strength may not come from any, anywhere else, but God will give us the strength that we need when we need it. And our text, even that we read, makes that so clear tonight that even though if, you, if you've noticed when we read Psalms 46, you never heard me say the word peace, did you? It's not in that chapter. But the whole chapter is simply talking about the peace that passes all understanding. I mean, when you look at Psalms 46, it says, God is our refuge and strength. He's an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, the Bible says in verse 3, we will not, or, or verse 2, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam <coughs> and the mountains quake with their surge, whatever happens, God is our source. Now you say, well, pastor, that is so simple. You're right, it is. That is so primary. You're right, it is. But how many folks never take reference and never take notice to that scripture, that little scripture when chaos is breaking place and is, is breaking out? How many of us, we, 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 we know people sometimes that just lose it because of these things that is going on in our world today. But even in the midst of calamity, he's an ever-present help. Even in the midst of trouble, he's an ever-present help. Even in the midst of the good times, he's an ever-present help. Even in the midst while we are sitting down and enjoying that wonderful glass of tea and that relaxing atmosphere and we're enjoying that peace, he still is a helper to you and I. Amen. That's the God that we serve. But what I like about Psalms 46 is how, how really contemporary it feels, or it should feel to us. And what I mean by that, Psalms 46 doesn't describe some kind of fairy tale thing. It, it, it doesn't describe some kind of fairy tale that, that we'll never be able to possess, Brother Joe, but we know we can possess it right now. We know we can get a hold of it right now. It's not describing some kind of fairy tale thing in this world where everything is perfect and everything is nice. Because in this world, everything ain't perfect, is it? Everything is not nice. We found that out listening to the news this afternoon. There's tragedy all over our land tonight. There's tragedy that we have to deal with. There's issues that we have to face. And it describes a world that's not just turning, but it's churning. I mean, we can look at earthquakes and we can look at tsunamis and, and we can look at tornadoes and hurricanes and famines and all of these natural disasters and they continually shake our lives. They continually shake our planet. So where is God when all of these things are happening? Let me ask you this, where is God? When these 17 young people lost their lives today, where is God in that? Where is God when, when in our family situation, when things mess up? I've asked the question, you have too, God, why? Why do these things have to take place? Why, what, what, what is, well, where is God? Well, according to Psalms 46, and I don't know about you, and let me just, let me just stop here long enough to say, I believe this word, how about you? But according to Psalms 46, he is always there. You look back in biblical times in the Old Testament, there was some tragedy stuff that took place back there, wasn't it? 
You can look in the New Testament. There's some stuff that took place back then. And it seems like it's happened from, 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 from our existence. Matter of fact, the very first family that was created, one of the brothers killed the other. You remember that story, right? So there's been trauma, there's been tragedy, there's been death, there's been all these things that has taken place. Where was God? God's always been there. The Lord told us in Psalms 46, he's right there. He's an ever-present help in trouble. Your God is not a God who's far off. He's a God who is in our midst. And the psalmist went on to write, he said, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. God's always been there. God's always been there. Now, Brother Adam, I've got to confess, there's been some things that happened that I didn't understand. There's been some things and people that I know about that tragedy has taken place, Dad, that I didn't, I didn't get it. I, I've, I questioned God at times. We've all have been there. I didn't understand that, but for me to say that God pulled himself out of the situation, I'd, I'd be lying to myself because according to Psalms 46, he's always there. He's an ever-present help in the time of need. And I don't know about you, but I can tell you time and time and time and time again, where I've dealt with it and I've saw people deal with it and when they're under that load and they're under that pressure and they're under that stress that if they'll just turn loose, if you will, and give it to God, how God comes in and ministers and gives them the strength that they need. How do I know that God is really with us? Because as far as I know, as if you agree with this, Christians, we face the same financial challenges that non-Christians do, don't we? We get sick, even as non-Christians get sick, right? Some of y'all have had the flu. You've getting over some of that stuff. Matter of fact, I know of Christians that even die at the same rate as non-Christians do. How then can we say that God is in our midst? The psalmist never said that God is going to keep away the natural disasters. He never said he'd keep away the natural disasters. It says that, that we do not have to fear those disasters, though. He says we don't have to walk through this life with fear all the time gripping us. Have you ever met anybody or known anybody that constantly they're just fearful all the time? It's a miserable feeling. It has to be. It's a miserable feeling. Abby's here tonight, and y'all have heard me talk about before, and I'll just pick on her a little bit, that sometimes her and I will come up here to church when nobody else is here. And when she was a lot smaller, we'd come up here, and it'd be you know, shutting down the church, and I'd chuck, I would, I would cut the lights out, and then I'd run away from it, scare her, slap to death. That just something about being in this church for whatever reason with all the lights out just scares her to death. I've had two or three occasions where I've just come up here at one and two in the morning when the alarm goes off and, and, and I never cut a light on. I just use the exit lights to, to, to walk down the hallway. I got into trouble doing that one or two times because the police showed up and had a gun pointed at me wondering who that was in the back hallway. You know, those moments like that when in those moments, boy, I have chicken bumps come up down my spine, you know. My hair stands up, what little I got stands up on. But, but Abby, we would come in here and I can still do it today. I promise you tonight, if you want to see something funny, just stay around after church. Just hang with me. And me and Abby, we'll go to shutting lights down and and I'll try to run off, and she'll say, Dad, don't do that. You know, she don't like being in here with the lights off. Fear. Now, we do it as a funny thing, but there's seriously, there's people that we live around that every day, Shauna, they're fearful. They're fearful. And that has to be a horrible feeling. It has to be a horrible feeling for that. 
But the Bible says that we can have peace even when we are being overtaken by the enemy. Isn't that interesting? That we can have peace. Matter of fact, Isaiah 57 and 1 says this, The righteous perish, and no man takes it to heart. Merciful men are taken away, while no one considers that the righteous <coughs> is taken away from evil. He shall enter into peace. They shall rest in their beds, each one walking in his uprightness. You know what I'm thankful for tonight? That when I leave you tonight and I go home and it gets my bedtime, that I'm able to go to my bedroom and I'm able to lay my head down on my pillow without fear whatsoever and go to sleep. But do you understand there's people that we live around, even in our community, in our city, where they're, oh, they, can't, they can't do that. They're fearful, fearful. Doesn't that passage, it, it, ought, it ought to really put a smile on our face. It ought to help us. It's a living example <coughs> of what the psalmist what the psalmist understood and what the psalmist meant when he says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. There is a river. And we can flow in that river. We can flow in that peace tonight that this fruit is talking about. We can flow in that. That Isaiah passage is a stream from that river. It just flowed into our hearts, bringing us peace. When we think about that, it flows into our life. His purpose is to snap you out of this world and to bring you into heaven where everything is perfectly peaceful all the time, but he hadn't come yet. There is coming a day. <clears throat> there is coming a day where all will be at rest, right? Where the Bible says there'll be no more tears. There'll be no more fear. There'll be no more persecution. There'll be no more agony because he will be with us. He will guide us. There'll be no reason for light because he is the light. And he gives us the peace that passes all understanding. When you think about this, you can also see it illustrated in the book of Revelation where the apostle John records for us a vision of heaven's throne room. And John here is in, he's caught up in this vision and he begins to see the throne and begins to see God and he describes God. Now, most of us would probably stop there with, with our description but God must have looked awesome because John, <coughs> excuse me, John was struck by something else. When you read that, John was, was he said that, that God is all of this, but, but there's something under God's feet, he said. It's a sea of glass. It's clear as crystal. Now, some of you, you know what, what, what I'm talking about. How many of you have been, ever been on a lake before where there was no wind whatsoever? You know what I'm talking about. I mean, the lake was perfect. There was no ripple in it whatsoever. It was just, it was calm. I mean, it was, it was perfect. I, I love being on a lake when it's that way. We'd go out fishing at times in the early of the morning. It was just calm as it could be. You could just take your boat and you could just seem like just cut the water. And it did everything, no bump whatsoever. We've been there. Water, so calm. It's amazing. It's peaceful, isn't it? I don't know if Dwayne will remember this or not, but several years ago we went fishing one day. And I think it was later on that afternoon, we found a little, we found a little place where it was, it was out, out of the, uh, the main thoroughfare for the boats and all that. It was peaceful. There was no wind whatsoever in this little cove that we were in. And we just, we just anchored down right there. Thank God the fish was biting. And every now and then we'd get a fish and it was getting dark, Brother Larry. But I remember, and I don't know if Dwayne remembers this or not, but I remember, I remember thinking, I don't want this day to end. Don't get dark right now. Lord, stop the light. 
Let it be daylight right here. The fish would just one right after another, Brother Earl. Oh, it was wonderful. I'd sit back and I'd kick back every now and then. We'd drink a Coke and we'd eat a package of cookies and, or crackers or whatever, catch another fish. And it was just a perfect day, it seemed like, out on the lake. It was peaceful. It was peaceful. Well, in heaven, not even a ripple of trouble will disturb that place. <laughs> I don't know if they'll have fishing in heaven. They might. But if, it, if they are, then I, I want to be there. We just kick back and we'll drink the drink of heaven and, and eat cookies of heaven and whatever. And we'll have a wonderful time. I don't know if that'll happen or not, but it's, it's nice to think about it sometime. It, it, the Bible says that the Lord will give us the desires of our heart, right? Peace. Well, if that's the case, then, Pastor, how do, how do you know that you're going to make it to heaven <laughs> to enjoy that perfect peace that you just talked about. How do you know if you're going to make it to heaven? I mean, why would God want a troublemaker and a complainer like you there? We've all known troublemakers. We've all known complainers and all of that. Psalms 46, let's go back there, repeating this, this thing that the psalmist wrote. The Lord Almighty is with us, he said. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I've wondered why the psalmist refers to God as the God of Jacob. You ever thought about that? The God of Jacob. Why not refer to him as the God of Abraham? Why not the God of Moses? Or why not at least use Jacob's God-given name when God changed his name from Jacob to Israel? You remember that story in the Old Testament? Why not use the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel? but that's not where you see in Scripture, do you? Everywhere you'll find that, in Scripture you'll find that God, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Everybody knows and remembers what Jacob means, right? Jacob's name means a trickster. He was a con artist, if you will. He, he, he fooled you doing some things. He tricked you into doing some things. That was a good description of Jacob. He didn't always make God his refuge. He didn't always make God his strength. Instead, he relied on his own cunning of doing things like he wanted to do to get what he wanted to get. He took advantage of his brother's hunger. You remember that story, right? Sold him a bowl of soup to gain his birthright. Later, he dressed up as his brother to trick his father into giving him the blessing versus his older brother the blessing. But God was still... Jacob's God, in spite of his weakness, in spite of his sin, in spite of his cunning and his trickery and all of that, God was still Jacob's God. And he continued to forgive him and sustain him. And I'm glad to know tonight that when the Bible refers to these God of Abraham and Isaac, and Jacob, I think sometimes God goes back and says, hey, I can, I can take care of that Jacob in you. I can take care of that Jacob, that feeling, that who you are. I can take care of the stuff that, that I brought you out of because if we're really honest with ourselves, when, 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 God, when God saved us, he really gave us a new name, right? He washed us, he cleaned us up. It's the old man that, that had died and the new man has come up. That's why the song hit me Sunday morning when it's saying there's a new name written down in glory and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. And every one of us, we could sing that song tonight because if we would stand in heaven and we stand in glory tonight, that book would be opened up. Our name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. And that's a wonderful thought, isn't it? That ought to give you peace right there. Peace that passes understanding. 
peace. We don't have to cower down behind our God when bad things happen. We don't have to do any of those kind of things. But we can step out with a confidence tonight. We can step out facing the challenges that God has blessed us with, each and every one of us, extending peace of forgiveness to those who even hurt us. Now, I could spend a lot of time on that one right there, but I wanted to sink in just a little bit. Sometimes we can't have peace when it comes to those that hurts us or offends us. But I'll tell you, you got to be careful right here because this can mess us up. Not the other person. It's not going to mess them up. It'll mess us up. But I got to be able to forgive. I got to be able to have that peace that passes understanding to her, that, that the Lord can, that he wrote about. The psalmist said that he, that he makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow, the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. If God can stop wars, then don't you think he can, he can fix us? If God can stop battles and wars and nations, my problem is insignificant to God. My problem is easy for God. God can put an end to the turmoil in our life. Psalms 46 and 10 says, Therefore, we need to take heart of these words to be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So be still and know that I'm God. Now, I'm going to give you a little example of how I am. And it seems like I get worse at this the older I get. When there's a lot of chaos or things happening, maybe it's just because I'm a male. I don't know. And my brain's fried in two. But when there's a lot of things that's happening, I don't like to be involved in the middle of those kind of things because there's too much happening. There's too much going on. I want, I got to have a little peace. You know what I'm talking about? I got to have a little understanding. I got to have a little time to think about some things. I got to have some time to, to pull aside and say, wait a minute, let's, let's, let's think about this here. I, I don't, I, I've never been one. You've heard, me, you've heard me tell the story maybe years ago back when Karen and I, I don't know if we was dating or early on married. I was, I was into running back then. I know you can't tell that now, but I was into running back then. And I wanted to buy Brother Tim a pair of running shoes, a real nice pair of running shoes. And I would, I'd go to every store in Blyville. I mean, I went to this one, and Karen said, why don't you buy these? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know about them. So I'd go to the second one. Why don't you buy these? She'd say, I don't know. I, let's go somewhere else. You know, I'd think about it. I'd go third, I, I don't know how many, I, four or five places in Blyville at that time. I went to find those running shoes only to end up back at the very first place that I was at and bought the running shoes. Because that's just who I am. If there's too much to think about it or whatever, I want to take some time. She'd have bought it the very first one. But some, y'all are just like I am. Some of you just like I am. But, but when it's chaotic and all these things are going on, sometimes my mind gets cloudy. Sometimes my thought process messes up. Sometimes I'm not sure about what direction or whatever I'm going. Trust me, you don't want me to be an ER doctor when you're on the, on the, on the surgical table. What do I take out here, this one or that one? What vein, this heart, this lung, whatever. I mean, a trauma, a trauma doctor, you don't want me there. I can tell you, they did. Send them on. I just asked a question, you saved? <laughs> okay, you're going to meet Jesus. Sorry. Some of you is different. You can handle that sort of thing. But there's moments in my life where I just, I just like a little peace. Just like a little peace. Just like for it to be quiet <laughs> at times. 
And I think, as I said earlier, I, I think I get worse at that the older that I get. There's moments, especially when the kids are growing up, you know, you just, and they had their friends over. It was all chaotic all the time. Are you as young enough to take a group of young people, Brother Larry, and down to Winterfest and all these, you know, young people screaming and hollering and going everywhere? Now, I used to love that. I don't like it no more. Let those other guys do that. This changes. But there's moments that I look at this scripture in Psalms 46 and 10, and the Bible says there's moments in our life that we just have to be still and know that God is God. I've got I to rest in the fact that I've got to be still and understand, Sister Parker, that whatever I walk through, God's going to be God. Death doesn't change that. Tragedy doesn't change that. Things that I don't understand, it doesn't change it. God's still God. God's still God. And you know the truth about it? He'll always be God. He'll always be God. He'll always be God. And so then really there's really no need for us to panic no matter what's going on. God is bigger than any terrorist network whatsoever. God's a, God's a big God. And God is exalted above you. He's, above, he's exalted above me. He's, he's exalted above this congregation or this church. And he knows what this church or he knows what you, he knows what I, he knows what we need for the future. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't. I've got plans, but I don't have a clue what's going to happen tomorrow. God knows what's going to happen next year. I don't have a clue, but God knows. God knows these things. And so we can be at peace just as Noah's family must have been inside the ark, even though the world's greatest storm they've never seen before took place. We're raging all around them. An ark full of animals. That had to be chaotic. Full of full of animals all around it from inside the ark, their God-given refuge, (coughs) they were safe. They were safe. And they were at peace, even though they didn't even know exactly where they would be when they landed. They didn't even know if they would land. They had no clue. God took care of them, didn't he? One thing that they could be certain of is that God would be a part of whatever world he was going to provide for Noah and his family. God would be in their midst. That same God is still with people today. And I'd I'd probably be safe in saying this. There's moments in our life that we're on this arc of of life, if you will, and we're tossing to and fro. We don't even have a clue if we're going to land or not. We don't have a clue what direction that we want to go. We don't have a clue out yonder. But I can tell you, God... God is the master of the ship. God is the captain on board. God is in charge. Matter of fact, it was Jesus one day when the disciples was all worried. Storm was raging. Brother Joe and winds and the water and everything. And they, Jesus was down in the, in the boat asleep. Sound asleep. Talking about peace. Sound asleep. He wasn't seasick or nothing. But the disciples were scared to death. Thinking their life was going to be perishing and they went down do you not even care Lord that we perish the Lord got up and he stood up and he spoke to the winds and he spoke to the sea and what did he say peace be still the winds calmed down the storm calmed down the disciples was able to witness a miracle at that point that even Jesus had the authority with his mouth with his word 
to over the storm, to over the wind, to over the, 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 the raging uh, storm and the winds that, that was there. And he was able to say, peace, be still. So one thing that we could be certain of tonight, church, is simply this. No matter what's going on in our life, no matter what's going on in the world around us, and there's some, there's some horrific things that's taking place in our world, horrific things, Jesus is still in charge. God is still in charge. God is still in control. He's still in control. Don't you ever think one minute that he don't understand everything that's going on. Don't you ever think for one minute and doubt the power of God. God is for us. He's not against us. Amen? He's for us. And so I hope tonight as we've talked about this through the Spirit called peace, that we can understand that this thing, peace, even though that, that, uh, that peaches are a seasonal thing and, and strawberries is a seasonal thing and, and maybe apples is a seasonal thing or oranges, love and joy and peace, at least these three, they're in season all year long. They're in season all the time. They're in season all the time. And so, and so if we realize that, if we realize that there's peace that God can give us every day of the week, then it helps us be able to relate that to others when they come and they're all shook up and they're bent out of shape. We can say, hey, you don't have to be bent out of shape because God can give you the peace. He can calm the troubled hearts. He can give you the encouragement from the word of God. And you and I, we can fix those ruined relationships simply by speaking words of peace and forgiveness. Amen. Why? Through the word of God. Remember, peace is based on God's declaration. What is God's declaration? It told us. He said, I am with you and I love you. So no wonder the apostle Paul once said that peace will guard our hearts in Philippians. Peace is going to guard our hearts. And so our passport to peace is simply the word of God tonight. Simply the word of God. And when we look in that word of God, we'll find that this word of God is always centered upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Centered upon him. And so our, our responsibility then tonight is simply keeping a firm hold on the Lord and keeping a firm hold upon the peace. Because I want to tell you what's going to happen. I'll tell you what, what the enemy tries to make happen. The enemy don't want you peaceful. He doesn't want your life to be in peace. He wants it to be in shambles. He wants your life to be destruction. He wants your life to be messed up. Because so, so you ain't even got time to think about God or praying to God and, and seeking him. But I'll tell you, we know according to Psalms 46 tonight that God is an ever-present help in a time of need. We know from Psalms 46 that he, he is our refuge he is our strength. And even though all these things are taking place all around us, God's still there. And God is still our refuge, amen. And so our responsibility is, Lord, I'm gonna keep a firm hold on you because it's in you that I put my trust. I don't put my, I don't put my trust in, in government, amen. I don't put my trust in the stock market. It's up and down every day. I don't put my trust in, 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 in what man may say, I don't put my trust in what presidents or kings may say or whatever the case may be, but I can put my trust in what the Lord says every day of my life, amen. Why? Because he's never failed me. He's never let me down. I've not always understood some stuff. Some things I thought he was punishing me, but he was actually helping me, growing me, maturing me. But God is always there as our God, amen? Amen, let's pray. Father, I wanna give you thanks tonight for your many blessings. I want to give you thanks 
for our life tonight. God, I thank you that Psalms 46 says that you're an ever-present help in a time of need. God, you are our refuge. You are our strength tonight. And Lord, we'll give you praise and we'll bless you in the name of Jesus. Father, if there's something in my heart, if something in my mind that, that has me fearful, that has me doubting your word, God, help me never to doubt. Never to doubt what you're saying to me. But always trust in you and always leaning upon you in the name of Jesus, we pray. Touch your people tonight, I pray. God, those families in Florida tonight that is dealing with this tragic event, somehow, some way, let your peace that passes understanding be applied to their heart tonight, oh God. I can't even imagine what they're dealing with tonight. I can't imagine what mamas and dads are going through tonight. But Father, undergird them in this moment. Undergird them, oh God. Let them understand that you are the refuge and you are the strength. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you tonight. Appreciate you being here.